Welcome to episode 19 of the Making a Mark Wrestling Podcast. On this episode, we move over to the promotion Rise, where we watched Tessa Blanchard versus Mercedes Martinez from Rise 9, Rise of the Impacts. Knockouts? Rise of the Knockouts? Pretty sure it was Rise of the Knockouts. Which was a like double event between Rise and Impact. So it was sort of run by Rise, but featuring a lot of Impact stars and advertised by Impact. So, let's kick things off, Laura, with your star rating for the match. Uh, there's only, I'd say, like one major thing I disliked about this match. Overall, I thought it was pretty entertaining. It kind of, like, it didn't stick to the normal, like, formula I used to predict who wins. There was some, like, really good technical wrestling and stuff. There wasn't a lot of the normal things that I hate, so I'm gonna... But there was just, like, one big thing that kind of took away from it for me and the production value wasn't as high because it's smaller promotion so i'm going to give it three out of five stars fair enough um i'd probably agree like i i think if like i don't give ratings but if i did i'd have probably gone like 2.5 out of five i wonder if I the felt... the main thing that you dislike will be the same thing that i disliked we'll find out hmm. yeah it just felt very sort of like uh average a lot of it but like a lot of it wasn't necessarily the wrestling that was you know holding it back it was other stuff so um shall we start going through your notes then uh, yeah or, yeah uh well it's like you Just made it straight into it this time <laughs> yeah you made a joke about it uh, as we were watching but it is kind of funny it was almost like oh look the just specifically this match it's like they're pandering to me personally because we watched it on twitch because impact wrestling is a twitch channel and of course like twitch is how hanzo and i know each other and we both spend lots of time on there so that was kind of cool to watch and also have the added element of the twitch chat while watching the vod and um they were talking about like the events coming up in toronto and like all these canadian things where the wrestlers was canadian so i was like woo canada <laughs> so at first i was like pretty and women's wrestling i was pretty on board and then when we saw that tessa was going to be wrestling i was like hey i know who that is so that was kind of exciting to see because a lot of people we've watched, other than like when we were doing the big like Kenny Omega Okada feud, we haven't gotten to watch multiple times yet. So that was kind of cool. Um, but there was there was something in the beginning. Oh man, I I was not a fan of Mercedes from the get go, particularly when she's like, "Oh, my opponents decided." Her words like decided they were too scared, and so they should just give her the title. I'm like. They broke their freaking ankle. I'm sorry. When I make a decision, it doesn't look like me injuring myself to the and Just what? Just the the whole wording of it was just so like douchey and cocky. And I was like, really? Really? That's sort of the point though. She's a heel. So but then, see, I thought Tessa was supposed to be the heel because then Tessa started the match with like the cheap shots before they really even gotten underway. So they kind of like, there wasn't really an obvious heel or face because they were both kind of heel-ish. I mean, Tessa basically, she, she always wrestles as a face, hence the crowd chanting Tessa, 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 Tessa I was gonna all say, the time. Yeah. But she very much is like the sort of, she's meant to be at least, like a very sort of Stone Cold Austin, Stone Cold Steve Austin style face where she's not afraid to like, you know, kick you when you're down. You know, like she's right, a face, fair. but she's not afraid to play a bit dirty, you know. All right. Well, 
And also just like there was even the whole match overall, just Tessa had way more just like charisma, I guess, and more stage presence and more personality than Mercedes. Mercedes was just kind of like, she was a good wrestler, but character wise, she felt just other than that bit at the beginning where she was rubbing me the wrong way. She just was kind of like there, you know, she has a great look. She looked yeah. badass. Like, when she was walking out, she looked so badass. Like, yeah, and her outfit was good. Like, she was dressed far better than Tessa. Was like, was like, last time we saw Tessa, Tessa had a pretty decent outfit. And today, Tessa was in, like, the underwear and the fishnets and stuff. And I was like, eh. But, whatever. Still, it wasn't the worst thing I've seen, like, a female wrestler wear. But it, it was fairly small. Um, whereas Mercedes' outfit looked bomb. Like, with those really cool, like, leggings and the boots and then, like, the sports bra. She's got, bra. like, like uh, Mercedes Martinez, like, sort of her gimmick is that she's meant to be, like, uh, very MMA-inspired. You know, she's got, like, all, like, the tattoos, the, you know, like, she wears, like, the pants and the, like, proper, like, sort of sports bra style thing. Well, even her I mean? wrestling seemed badass, very yeah. MMA-inspired because, like, her strongest points for me were the submissions and, like, the more floor technical stuff and not when she was doing the bigger flashier like wrestling yeah moves. she just does a lot of strikes a lot of submissions you know yeah and she's just gonna kick your ass and that's her thing yeah also just like sidebar one of the people she was supposed to face is called delilah doom that's an amazing name that is a top tier wrestling name right there she could be a marvel character with the alliteration and everything one thing that uh, made me laugh was mercedes was there doing this whole like heel promo she's there like oh my opponents are too scared to fight me they're all just cowards they're not actually injured they're just saying they're injured because they're too scared you might as well just give me the title so i can have a day off and then the crowd cheered i'm like something's not working here you know what i mean if you've been that much of a dick and the crowd cheers like but also one of the things my next note was it's a very small crowd like we could see the back row of the bleachers there were empty seats and then we later noticed it was in like a high school gym so which like i realized not every wrestling promotion can be like you know the budget of like new japan or wwe and everything but this still felt really under like even like uh, when we watched like pwg they were in like community centers and gyms and stuff and lower budget but it didn't feel as small because the crowd was great and like they they still felt a bit bigger to me and like bigger scale yeah so that didn't help them like they had to carry a lot harder i feel like although um there was another thing and since we're talking about the crowd noise i'll address it now the twitch chat was great though twitch chat was awesome (laughs) was the audio mixing Oh, it from the beginning so with her microphone, odd. it was so bad. Like, the the breathing into the mic, just, oh, I was like, please, someone yeah, just mute so their Mercedes, mic. Mercedes breathed into the mic all the time, and that was but annoying. Even so. Tessa, the, no, I think just, like, the way they were mixing it, like you said, cause even Tessa, there was lots of, like, breathiness and just, like, annoying sounds while she was talking. But, yeah, the big thing that bugged me was the audio levels were just super off, because, like, the commentators were insanely loud. Oh my god, And the yeah. actual, like, ring sounds and the crowd and the wrestlers were super quiet. So, like, even when the crowd were cheering and reacting to something, you couldn't fucking hear them because of how bad the audio levels were. Literally, all you could hear was the commentators. Like, they'd go for a superplex off the top rope and the only noise you heard was, like, a quiet poof. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, the only times I ever heard noises other than the commentators that stuck out was when Tessa screamed a lot. 
because she took a lot of. She is bickets, very loud, and she's a very loud wrestler. So occasionally, I would hear Tessa like screaming and moaning in pain, but that was about it. Like there was Mercedes, also a moment where Mercedes went fucking Super Saiyan towards the end. Like she threw Tessa down, stood down the Super Saiyan pose, and screamed. Yeah. And I was like, other than that, she that. was like the silent wrestler. But I think that was in part because of the audio, like you said. So. But yeah, so there's lots of things like that. That and this, that was one of the things that kept me from giving it more stars was the the dead crowd, the really cheap feeling production value. So the difference between like lower production value, like they just have less budget, and feeling cheap, like because another you can still do a lot with small. We budgets. just watched Shimmer, and Shimmer had a like tiny, tiny crowd. Probably yeah. the same size as this one. But that crowd but was it, living for Tessa and like and yeah. and what's her and uh, it, who was well, she wrestling was, as well? It was it was a, a, the Shimmer one we watched was. Uh, oh, that wasn't Tessa. That was no, that was um, Diana Prazo and, and Madison, Madison Madison Eagles. Eagles. Yeah, sorry. It, yeah, yeah, but they were cheering for them. That was so hot, and it like that was a tiny crowd, but it was so hot for them and like cared so much and was so loud. Like, and wherever they were was just dressed really nicely. Like there's not yeah. a lot of places. Like even if you're in a high school gym, you could just put up some really cheap fabric dressing to like hide the basketball hoop on the ground, or even like someone mentioned. There were no mats on the outside of the ring. So it made when they're outside the ring, it was a bit brutal because they're just being like thrown onto and punched into hardwood floor. But there's something more about putting the mats there, not just for the wrestlers, but it hides things like, you know, the court lines painted on the floor of the gym and makes it, again, feel then a bit more high production value, a bit more like they might be in some sort of a re- like stadium or yeah. venue built for this and not that and, they're co-opting. It's not necessarily like a budget issue as well because, like, yeah, well, it sort of is a budget issue, but there are <laughs> very cheap ways you can do that. You can just put up, yeah. like, cheap curtains. Yeah, like cheap-ass fabric. And, like, mats are not super expensive. You know what I mean? Just cheap ones. Like I say, other small promotions we've watched have, you know, like, made the place, like, even tiny venues they're in. Like, like, like the Shimmer one was in a club. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't in a nice But it didn't arena. look like that. Yeah, it still felt like it could have just been in an arena they just scaled down. Like, they just put up some set dressing to hide the empty space. But it didn't feel like it was in a nightclub, you know? So, this one, that's one of the two main things that lost them star rating for me. Um, oh, I found it interesting that Tessa came out and she's already competed tonight. Cause then of course that makes the whole match and then her win at the end, even more impressive because she's already starting at a lower energy level than yeah. Mercedes. Although it also kind of bothers me because it makes Mercedes look a bit of a like losing. it it does and i did see messages in the twitch chat at the end apparently uh, and again i don't know the truth to this i'm just going with what people in chat were saying i don't know much about the promotion and the wrestlers but apparently mercedes is used to put over younger wrestlers a lot and i guess it's common for her to lose to like trendier younger people yeah, they're trying to boost someone who's wrestled two matches in a night but that's the thing that's a bit that's a bit like to use Twitch terms. It was on Twitch. It's a bit monka s, you know. <laughs> the only like way I can sort of rationalize it in my mind, you know, if I go full kayfabe and try to explain it in full wrestling kayfabe. logic, right, is Tessa knew that she was gonna come out and challenge Mercedes. She could have prepared. She could have been watching Mercedes tapes, you know, like preparing for it, knowing that she was going to have this opportunity, knowing she was going to challenge. Whereas Mercedes was taken totally off guard and was like, 
Wait, what? I've got and a challenge. Maybe it. she held back in her other matches. Like I don't know what her other matches were like. So her other match was against a wrestler called Chris Wolf, who's sort of a lower card, largely comedy act. So I doubt that would have been the most intense match. So that's ever. the only other thing that maybe justifies it is she wouldn't have needed to use all of her energy. And she'd have had a chance to prepare, whereas Mercedes will have it's literally total surprise to her. She wasn't expecting it. She couldn't have prepared for Tessa. Like, but that is still asking, I feel like, a lot of us as a viewer to really think that hard about it and then have that kind of investment, whereas not to just watch it and be like, wow, Mercedes just lost to someone who's already wrestled. She sucks. You know, yeah, well, if we're having to like justify it. Like, yeah. yeah. So I feel a bit bad for Mercedes I mean, in the planning the, of this. This is this is the thing as well is this complaint of ours like could have easily been like alluded if the commentators had said what we said. If they actually explain it to you and you yeah. don't have to try come up with your it yourself, then it becomes it's like that's the plan. That's the actual you know logic. That's the yeah. explanation. You know, rather than us just trying to. Make up logic for them. Because this is the one um, time when normally we're like, show, don't tell. Commentators don't just tell us what we're supposed to think. But this is the one exception of, no, this is where you need to plant that seed to tell your story and stuff like that. But because uh, also then again, the ending was so cool in the like it was good wrestling. She literally in the last two seconds got the pin that was going to give her the win. But it comes at the expense of, well, Again, on the person who should was in theory fresh tonight to the person who already wrestled, and like wow, Mercedes. And overall, it felt like Mercedes just took less of a beating because, like, well, while Tessa did some really cool moves and some some like a range of them, and some very flashy, very like high impact, but the stuff like out of the ring and like in the barricades, and they kept talking about, oh Tessa, like you think she broke some ribs? You think she broke some ribs? Maybe she has a broken rib. Like they're really playing up how mu- how much of a toll the middle chunk of the match would have taken on her, but then she still wins. Uh, so it was it was just like it was really cool to watch until you then think about what the actual story they're telling is and it made so me i mean i felt bad for it's like i felt bad for a pre for liking the win and the end of the match which is a really weird feeling me about the end of the match since we're talking about it it's a, it's a sort of small complaint and it is largely that they're a sort of small promotion i guess is that when we've watched other like sort of Iron Man matches, like when we watched, uh, well, it wasn't an Iron Man match, but when we watched Kenny Omega and Nakata go to a 60 minute draw, right? Good God. <laughs> when they hit 60 minutes, insane. a bell rang, the ref, you know, let them know that it was over and stuff, and it was very clear to the wrestlers that it was over, and they both just sort of collapsed, right? But when Tessa got the pinfall, she like went back to try attack Mercedes again, and the ref had to be like, no, no, time, time's up. You know, like, the wrestlers didn't know when time was up, you know? They had to just, like, sort of be told it, because there was no way, like, they had no clue when the actual time was up or anything, which was a bit weird. Yeah, that's not, that's less than great. And then overall, just my notes are more, like, specific moments. The other thing overall um, that took away 
my enjoyment of the from from my enjoyment of the match was I swear to God both of them were out they spent half this match outside of the ring I could not hear the ref counting and again that could be an audio mixing thing because we were talking about and occasionally I would hear him but it still felt like are you are you counting like he's counting slower than molasses running down like a flat surface I'm like they've literally the bulk of the match feels like it was outside of the ring how has no um, one been counted out yet? Okay, and it was driving so, me nuts. So there's a few things, which is... One, a lot of it was audio, because occasionally I just hear him go, like, five. And I'm like, wait, five? Like, where, where's the other four numbers that lead up to that? You know, like, the fuck? Um, secondly, was actually the wrestlers paid a lot of attention to breaking the count. So you know how they count when both people are outside the ring, but then they also count when there's one out? If a wrestler enters the ring again and then leaves again, that resets the count. So if you, like, paid attention, like, when Mercedes was attacking Tess outside the ring, every time the ref got to, like, four or five, she'd just quickly, like, put a leg inside the ring and then come back out again. Okay, but that's stupid to me. If, if that's a rule, I'm behind that rule because that's clever, that's tactical. But then your full body should have to get back in that fucking ring. Shoving my arm in or, like, sticking my leg in and then going back, that's so... That just feels like such a cheap-ass technicality way to, like, use that rule. Mm. And it's dumb, and I don't like it. And there was other moments where, like, for example, when she did the big uh, draping DDT on Tessa, one of the reasons that count felt like it took so long was that the ref would come out and check that Tessa was actually, you know, alive and conscious before (laughs) he started the count. So, gotta make sure your wrestlers are alive before you count them out of the match. And another thing that bugged me while we're talking about count outs, right, is he would count while both of them were outside the ring. And this is a thing that bugs me in wrestling matches anyway, because mm-hmm. what happens? The match just ends in a draw if they both counted out? Great. <laughs> that's going to send the fans home happy, isn't it? Good job. But I get it. You know, a match can end in a draw if you're both counted out. It's a way of, like, ending matches where you don't want to have a winner and building for rematches. It can be used for storytelling reasons, right? But this is an Iron Man match. If they both get counted out, it just adds one to both of their scores. The match goes from 1-1 to 2-2 and nothing happens. Yeah. <laughs> so why kind is of he counting when they're both outside the ring? It's pointless. So that uh, that was a little bugbear of mine, a little pet peeve. Oh my god, bugbear. I love that expression. That's funny. But yeah, so basically the two biggest things were the like the really not so into it crowd, the cheaper production value and bad audio combined with I felt like so much of the match was spent outside of the ring and I disliked the rules around counting. Um, and then also just the weird storytelling and feeling like again, I feel bad for appreciating a win and that's just an odd thing but the things I liked um again I also felt like uh Mercedes didn't seem to have as much variety in her wrestling like she did the drapey move like twice uh or, like submissions whereas um it seemed Tessa was had a lot more like tricks up her sleeve and pulling more unique moves out of the bag i kept hearing the commentators saying like new names for them and a lot of hers are just a bit more i guess like eye-catching to the casual viewer like me in the wrestling like we said uh, like the, where, where style is very very just mma inspired so it's just a lot of like strikes and submission moves you know what i mean so 
Yeah, because like other than the draping DDT was the only move I can recall being the said for suplex. for yeah, and then but there Tessa had um, suplexes. She had something I think like a brain buster. There's something like a top rope hurricane rata something like that. There's just a bunch more going on. It felt like so it just felt like she was a bit more exciting to watch and unique. Uh, so yeah, those are kind of like overall impressions of the match. And now, also, Storm Cradle Driver. What what a name for for a move. Like who who names cool name. wrestling moves? Is it just whoever makes them up, and then they just uh, largely yeah. Do you know one of my favorite move names? Sure. Burning Hammer. That sounds legit. It's also stupid. It's where you pick someone up onto your shoulders, but like with them facing upwards towards the ceiling. Okay. And then you just sort of like flip them 90 degrees so their head is facing the ground and drop them on the head. Oh my gosh. It's dumb. <laughs> it, like no one uses it because, uh, yeah, you're just going to kill your opponent. basically. Mm-hmm. So going to specific notes again, Tessa had that really strong start. She got like some cheap, cheap shots, like punches and stuff. But then she started the match with like some flying leaps and suicide dives out of the ring. And I was like, all right. Way to way to to send a message like we're we're going for it here, um, so that was kind of exciting to see. And again, because she had the strong start, I wrote so if my normal prediction or my rules hold that Mercedes should win, and she didn't. So at first I was excited because I was like, yay! Like it's different from the thing that normally happens every and time. But then like all the other things came into play. Set up for Mercedes to win. You know, Tessa had wrestled two matches in one night. You know what I mean? Mercedes was sort of like, you know, she was the one originally scheduled in the match, you know, but her opponent dropped out. So it really seemed like it should have been Mercedes who was going to win anyway. But Yep. Um, And again, we saw the first submission thing. Uh, Another submission. I said, this one looked pretty uncomfortable. Um, The one she was like kind of... Like, almost lying on the ground, like, Tessa's stomach, but with her body kind of twisted, and her one arm was, like, next to her ear and, like, up in the air, and, like, her head was at an awkward angle. butterfly lock. Yeah, it doesn't sound... It didn't look fun at all. But, yeah, butterfly lock. They sound so nice and pleasant, and then, you know... Yeah. um, Regarding the sort of start, though, when I watched it, I was, like... Doing free suicide dives straight away is a really <laughs> interesting start to a like long Iron Man match where it's all about endurance and outlasting your opponent. Because you're burning a lot of energy right there. You know what I mean? So that's and taking a I fair am. amount of like pain on yourself yeah. too. So normally when you watch Iron Man matches, they do they'll start out slow and build throughout the match. You know what I mean? But Tessa just started like crazy. And then, like, I feel like Mercedes' style of wrestling was, like, a much smarter style for, you know, an Iron Man match where it's all about endurance. Because, like, Tessa's there doing all these crazy suicide dives and moves off top rope. Mercedes, when she gets a chance to do offense, just pins Tessa down and punches her in the face. Like, very minimal energy expenditure, you know? Just punch your opponent in the face. Yeah. Um, But what I really liked as well is it wasn't just that I thought of that the commentators kept saying it as well 
you know, they kept saying, like, was it wise for Tessa to start the match off by burning so much of her, you know, energy? Like, yeah. has it backfired? Because Mercedes went on the aggressive straight afterwards and controlled quite a lot of the match after. Also, why, again, it seems so perfectly set up for Mercedes to win. So, just really weird. And then also, that kind of ties into my next note, because they mentioned it and we talked about it a bit while watching uh, Iron Man match types. So far, I really enjoy watching this type of wrestling match, because... There's so much more kind of long-term, like, tactics and strategy that comes into play. Because they said, like, for example, tapping out early and just take losing that point is a valid strategy if it means you can save your energy to then get more pins or submissions later and just beat them overall. And I I find it very, a lot more interesting to watch when the, those are the kind of decisions you can be making and, like, things to be thinking about while wrestling rather than just go for it full out the whole time first person to get them pinned like wins you know it's really intriguing and then there's a message that came up in the twitch chat that made me laugh just picturing it it's like imagine triple h lurking in chat in disguise to scout for future like wwe people i'm just picturing him like (laughs) in like you know sweats or like pjs at home just watching twitch wrestling streams like making notes i mean i've told you before about um like how how like every company treats like PWG, haven't I? Like how literally every major company will send someone, like one of their officials, to PWG to watch their events. Just but think how much easier it is. You can watch from the comfort of your own home on <laughs> Twitch. Like just so good. Um, and then there was that cross body leap from Tessa. So it was almost out of nowhere. She was sitting on the top rope, like slumped over, looking all tired. Then all of a sudden, like flying squirrel attack. And I was just like, Jesus, okay. Like she, she does that so well, looking just so exhausted. And then all of a sudden, bam, I'm here. Um, I sort of didn't really like, I liked the move, especially since it's onto wooden floor, like resting piece her knees. Fuck. Um... But I didn't really like the setup for that. Because, like, she started climbing up, Mercedes came up and hit her, she pushed Mercedes off. And then she just sort of sat on the top rope a bit longer, and Mercedes got up again, started punching her, and then she pushed Mercedes down again. And then she still waited, like, another good, like, ten seconds before jumping off. And it, like, took so long to get to it, but without any real, like, without anything actually really happening of interest yeah. in the build-up. Like... Yeah, a little odd. And then the first of my notes starts to pop up about, like, why are they out of the ring for so long? Why is there a captain? Blah, blah, blah. Um, and I said, they're both looking pretty beat up, and we still have 21 minutes left. So I was like, oh, boy. And that's also after that cross-body leaps, and I noticed there were no mats because you brought it up, and I was like, oh, ow. Yeah, that's that's brutal. Uh, and then we got all the multiple instances of Tessa just being thrown into the guardrail the first two looked like they were sold really well the first two of the three times like looked like it hurt and i her reaction didn't seem over the top the third time she threw her there and because the way she's make mitigating the impact right is kind of like hooking her arms by like grabbing it so rather than hitting it and bouncing off she's more kind of like hooking her body onto the rail and like absorbing some of the impact and holding herself there and also it's taking it on like the flat of your back yeah yeah but the third before it's like she'd do it do that quickly but then like let go and fall and so you didn't have time to see all that the third time mercedes said that and she like stayed there 
She just, like, stayed, like, like it was a Velcro wall and just, like, stayed hooked onto the railing, like, counted to three or four and then, like, fell off and slumped down. And you could see her arms, like, you know, backwards, like, hooked over. The, like, you could see her just holding herself there. It looked a little weird. But the first two looked, like, proper proper painful and we're well done and that's when they started talking all playing up the oh she might have a broken rib which i'm like okay she had a broken rib this match would be over and she would no there's no way she's a broken rib i like the bit where mercedes just like yeeted her over the barricade into all the chairs oh that also looked like it hurt and just seeing her like crumpled in this pile of empty chairs yeah, like, like, there was Ugh. no there was no like Sort of, it wasn't like they were flat chairs on the floor or anything. There was no way to really, like, break that. She legitimately just, like, got thrown onto a pile of chairs and just, Yeah, like, like, it just happened. Good luck, Tessa. Like, you know, good luck not getting injured here, you know? Yeah, so that one, I was like, like, I I did a bit of a physical recoil at that moment, I'm not gonna lie. It's like, ooh, ooh, buddy. And then, and then I was like, okay, just leave her alone, go back in the ring, uh... For fuck's sakes. Like, because that was when we'd just been out of the ring for so long and I was getting just Oh, actually, annoyed. yeah, that, that, I got annoyed at that as well. Like, she, after the barricade spot, she came and got her again. And it's like, okay, yeah, maybe that isn't enough. But then when she threw her over the barricade into all the chairs, I was like, okay, just go in the ring and get a count out. And she did. She let the ref count to, like, six and then went back out and picked her up again. It's like, why? If, if the count's already at six and she hasn't even moved yet, just get the count out exactly my thoughts exactly and then like the draping ddt happened the commentators are like freaking out like am i like just unpopular opinion i don't think it looked that exciting like compared to some of the wrestling things we've seen it didn't look like it didn't i didn't physically recoil i wasn't like oh damn i wasn't excited about it like ah, it's not a super flashy move it's more like it's one of those moves where it's more about like the idea it's that because you're draped you can't use your hands or legs at all to brace yourself so it's just your head going straight onto wood i guess yeah yeah and then mercedes gets the first fall after that and i said oh look for once the ref is doing something because he's been not counting this whole time because he made mercedes wait for tessa to get to her feet before they started again which i liked because a just active refing i enjoy but also then it makes it more believable for tessa to get that second wind because you just get immediately like you've just been pinned and then mercedes like rushes back at you like you know when it's continuous onslaught then it doesn't really I find it harder to buy into when she's going to pull out this adrenaline energy later and pull some fancy moves. And if you remember, that's how it worked in the two out of three falls matches we watched as well. Like, after each fall, there was, you know, like, the wait for them to get back up. And also, it's actually, that's how it works in sort of real sports as well. Because if you watch boxing, if a boxer gets, like, knocked down and the ref does, like, the ten count, you know what I mean? Like, the other boxer isn't allowed to hit them until they, like, get back to their feet, you know? Yeah. It's nice to see, and I liked it, and it helps me. It helps my belief, my suspension of disbelief, and like my buying into the match as a whole, basically. Um, and then Tessa got that like clothesline on Mercedes, but again, it's like Tessa is full on screaming. Seems to be the only one showing emotion in the match, but again, it could be definitely partially down to the audio because maybe Mercedes was, you know, being vocal and we just couldn't hear it compared to Tessa like full on yelling you know because that we can't really miss tessa is one of the loudest wrestlers i've yeah. ever watched she just yells all the time it's crazy yep yep 
Then they brought up the broken ribs talk again. And I was like, you really want us to think she broke a rib? Like, why? Why are you pushing this so hard? Didn't quite understand it. Um, and then there was the German suplex for Tessa that Mercedes then kicked out of. And she looked just so heartbroken. One of my favorite little Tessa things that she does is her angry stomps across the ring. I have a note about that later. It's literally through. It's like, so oh my god, good. Tessa stomping over with the face and the arms. Looks like a kid being sent to their room with no supper. Like when I would melodramatically storm away from my parents after being punished to try and be like, well, I don't care, but I'm also mad. Like, And the face. Because she also just makes these faces. And later, both then, she like makes this face where she, her eyes go really wide to look like determined while threatening. But she's also kind of like, she has a very prominent chin. So if she even remotely is like sticking her jaw out or like grind or like grounding her lower teeth like i was like she kind of looks like like an orc in world of warcraft right now because like lower jaw lines just out and then the big ass eyes and the stomping and like over and just it was pretty funny like i'm sure it's not a very flattering comparison but <laughs> yeah that was a bit offensive <laughs> but that's uh. that's all i can't help that that's what i'm envisioning <laughs> That's what happened. I'm picturing like uh, Thrall in one of the cinematics. I was, okay, I was thinking, like you know, you know that uh, like meme where it's like the kid in the back of the car looking really like pouty and angry. Yeah, that's like what I picture when she does like her angry faces. It's so good. <laughs> like if we if if this is a video like pot, like we were, did like a Jenna Julian style like we recorded this with a video and then just put the audio up to somewhere else but the video like I would do my impression right now and show you what I mean when I make this comparison the jawline thing but you can't see what I'm doing so I will I'm gonna save my jawline but uh yeah and also it's so weird to hear a commentator while watching a wrestling match say here live on twitch I was just like oh that's such a weird world's melding surreal thing to say and then when Tessa even things up, like she got um, a pin after a DDT, again, it wasn't super exciting because we all knew it was going to be tied to just keep the suspense up and someone was going to uh, like get the win closer to the end. I did not think it would be literally at the last second, but we all knew Tessa was going to get something, I feel like, because there's no way they were going to let Mercedes, sh they could have. I think they could have gotten away with it between the blows to her chest on the the thing and her having already wrestled, but clearly there was no way they were going to let Mercedes just dominate. So it wasn't, you know, super hype of a moment because I felt like I knew it was coming when Tessa got her first pin. I don't know if you agree or not. But. Um. Yeah, it's like... Iron Man matches are super weird because they tend to follow, like formulas and the exceptions are very rare like most iron man matches end up 2-1 you know yeah. you, you go one you go one and then you know you have the third you know what i mean so there might as well be best two out of three falls matches and like it's very very rare for you to get an iron man match that does anything different to that like sometimes you will have someone go two up two nil up and then the other person have to do a comeback but that's super super rare other times like you'll have matches where neither person gets a single pinfall but that's super super rare. You know what I mean? Like they have a they have a formula, you know, like all things do. Yeah, like I'm not hating on it per se. I'm just saying you know, but it's like there's also like some of our favorite 
stories and storytelling in general there are formulas to like genres and stuff it's fine yeah it's like a, like a, a, omega like omega ricardo when they did the best two out of threes we knew that was going to go one one and go to the third four going absolutely in. we knew yeah. it but we didn't care because it was so good it was just good yeah Exactly. And then the one part, they're back out of the ring again, and Tessa's grabbed a water bottle to drink. I was so waiting for someone to, like, splash water in someone's face and then, like, get props involved. Because not only would it be, like, a cheap shot, like, I'll have to wipe your eyes for a minute and get it, but also, like, just, you're both, like, attractive and very fit women, so let's get you, like, glistening and wet and, like, sexy, because why not? Because that's a thing that, back in the day, I'm sure they would have relished, but it didn't happen. I was excited it didn't no, happen. she legit just rehydrated and then yeah. carried on with the match. <laughs> um, and then although, the... one bit that weirded me out is she took a sip of water and while, like, still drinking, got punched in the stomach. And, like, just shut her mouth and swallowed the water. And it's like, surely if you got punched in the stomach with a mouthful of water, that That's water would be coming straight back out. Absolutely, right? That's some weird superhuman reflex control you have there. <laughs> and then the top rope hurricane thingy, I don't know its full name, but from Tessa did. And I said that was probably the coolest move in the match to me. At least that, for, that stood out. Rana. That one. It looked pretty badass. And it was my standout moment. I say best moment of the match for me. And then Mercedes does, they called it, I think, a neck breaker off the rope, but that looks really similar to the same move she did earlier. So again, yeah, you know, Tessa's was, wrestling feels less repetitive overall that's the than thing. Mercedes. She, she, like, Mercedes, like, she set up for the draping DDT again, but just, like, twisted, you know, like, she did a yeah. variation on it, and I like that. Like, it's, you know, not doing the exact same thing, but not doing something drastically different, just doing, like, a slight little, slight little bit of an adjustment, you know? Yeah. And then I was like, the crowd, finally we got some crowd noise. The crowd started cheering for Tessa. But I was like, isn't this Mercedes promotion? Like, I was a bit surprised that she didn't have any more vocal fans. because it's. But she's a heel. So. Yeah. But see, I couldn't tell. And that's a fault on their part, I guess. Because I did not know who. I thought Tessa was the heel. I the mean, yeah. Well, we've seen it in matches before. Like, heel and face dynamics, like, are weird. Like... We've seen it done well before, because when we watched Tessa versus Sammy Callahan, one of the things we commented on was how Sammy was been a dick and the crowd booed him. Tessa has been a great person and the crowd cheered. They got the crowd to like the person they're meant to like and hate the person they're meant to hate. And it was all, everything was right in the world, you know? But in this one, like I say, Mercedes was... I could tell because I know how heels and face act in wrestling with my, like, prior knowledge, right? I could tell she was trying to be a heel. You know, I could tell the heel yeah. behavior. But then the crowd cheered her. It's like... <laughs> something isn't working here. You know what I mean? Like, if, if you're trying to be a heel and the crowd is cheering you, something isn't working, you know? Yeah. And then we got another um, great um, Tessa facial expression while she was climbing the rope at the end there. Just, like, massive, like, wide eyes, like, grimace in the teeth. I was like, damn, it's kind of scary. And then when Mercedes pinned her right in the end, because it was in the final minute, and then she kicked out, that's when I was like, oh, shit, I did not think. Because, again, I was positive Mercedes was going to win, so I did not think she would kick out. So that was probably the most surprising moment of the match and then of course tessa got the win in the last second and our super intense breaks my normal prediction rules so i approve and then on second thought 
I don't know, feels like really weird storytelling and that Mercedes was just made really weak looking. Maybe I don't like it so much. So so I need to say something because I, I realize it probably sounds to the like, listeners that we're sort of harping on at Tessa a bit for being like over the top. Like I still th- No, I having, think she's great wait, 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 and she wait, was wait, so entertaining. Yeah, this is where I was going to go is it sounds sort of like we're harping on about it and that we've been critical, but trust me, we're not. Because like her being like loud and her having these over the top animated facial expressions and her having her stomp across the ring. That's what wrestling is about. If I wanted to see stoic, normal people who show no personality, I'd go watch UFC. What I want in my wrestling is larger than life, over the top cartoon characters. You know? <laughs> it's like that's what Tessa is. It's like if you think who one of the biggest wrestlers of all time is, it's The Rock. Right? Who is and such a like, cartoon. Like. Yeah, he's he's super animated. He, like, yells in his promos and speaks at, like, a million miles per hour. And he did, like, the fucking people's eyebrow where he'd, like, move his eyebrows independent of each other and stuff and have these stupid yeah. facial See, expressions. I'm like, not fully there yet, which is also why it might sound like I'm harping on it. I'm not hating on, like, Tessa for it. It's more like it just makes me chuckle. I said, oh, but I definitely liked her wrestling a lot more in this match. But, like, James, for example, my boyfriend was showing me um a youtube reel of like a lot of the old promos by the rock and i couldn't watch it i made him turn it off because i'm like this is so cringe this is so ridiculous and i just couldn't handle it but like i see the appeal i because it's it's kind of funny but i was just like nah someone who isn't fully embedded in this yet and like i'm not i'm just not at that level to appreciate it yet so i'm still have a ways to go they're still over the top for me like too much so but i don't think for me tessa hasn't hit that yet it's just still fun to point out and like comment on. Yeah, and it's it's like a, another example is like some of the top you know like characters ever in wrestling. Like at the moment in AEW, their most over person is Luchasaurus, a six foot seven what dinosaur. A name. What a dinosaur. A, name. <laughs> a fucking dinosaur is their most over person. Like we love dumb shit in wrestling. That's what, that's why you watch wrestling. You know what I mean? Oh if you wanted God. to see serious competitors, you'd go watch normal sports you know you want to see fucking dumb over the top shit like yeah so my my final note because then she won like so there's a bit of confusion at the end like be nice they announced the clock ending and everything but then it looked like the ref was arguing with her while she was holding the belt like i just really wanted to know what their conversation was because it just looked weird seemed not interested in the hug at all yeah it was it was just a really weird end to the match and it didn't feel like celebratory it didn't feel very hyped like uh. there was a bit where she tried to go for a pin on mercedes and she was struggling to turn mercedes over do you like remember that bit but she was uh i think so but she was she was trying to turn mercedes whole body over by her ankle well, that'll be why you're having fucking trouble. You know, like, go over to her actual torso and push it over. Like, well, how are you trying to, like, you're trying to use, like, oh leverage God. to rotate a body? Like, you know. Yeah, that sounds like what? it would be a rough time. For sure. For sure. But yeah, those were my notes for this match. I heard that you took notes on Twitch chat comments that... Well, like, I mentioned them. I mentioned, like, the one oh, okay. about Triple H, like, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. lurking okay. and, like, scouting. There's also one that I'm not sure um, how much truth there is to it. Because there was, like, a Kappa symbol at the end, which the Twitch symbol for sarcasm. But I want to get your thoughts on it. 
They said, good of rise to do an Iron Woman match. Impact would never give the women that much time these days. Was he being sarcastic because saying impact or treat the women wrestlers well? Or was he being for real? Um, I don't think there's much truth to that. Because like I was saying when we watched Impact is that Impact have always, you know, treated their women's division yeah. quite well. You know, like. Yeah. And then there's just lots of cheer like there was much more cheering in the twitch chat than there was in the crowd and like obviously there there were 1500 people watching it live at the time in the twitch chat but and it was still like in slow mode and i don't know just there was much more i, I kind of wish the enthusiasm from the chat had been present in the crowd that was at the match it's also cool because there was like the official whoever runs the impact wrestling twitch account was like in chat interacting with the people watching which yeah, is so kind of cool. Seeing Impact Wrestling saying thank you so and so for the sub, I was like, something seems weird about this. I know, but I, was like, I think it'd be a pretty cool idea because, like, I know for example, um, a lot of my friends I know that watch wrestling don't pay for you know the WWE network or whatever. They don't pay money. They watch it on various online, less than legal. Uh, platforms. WWE I won- deserves no support anyway. Well, no, no, I, I mean, other promotions, maybe like maybe New Japan or like PWG, as a way to get extra monetization, if they did live stream the matches and people, but because right, you know, now that Twitch has subscriber only broadcasts, so it's still like a pay per view, but $5 a month. I don't know how much it costs for the, the TV networks, or what, but like $5 a month, I would assume, is much cheaper. And maybe it could be a way for them to get some extra monetization. There, there is a... When I went to TwitchCon NA last year, like 2018 TwitchCon NA, I actually went to a panel that was done by a wrestling company who broadcast on Twitch. Okay. And they were very, very small wrestling. They were smaller than even Rise, right? They were, they're tiny. But they, did a re- they do a really interesting thing where their whole, like, gimmick, their thing that makes them unique is they're, try- they're trying to be the first, like wrestling company who are fully like twitch integrated like they actually do like um polls in their chat of like who should get the next title shot and you know let the crowd like vote on it in chat on who should get the next title shot or like if they want to have like a match that has a stipulation like should it be a ladder match an iron man match or a two out of three falls match you know vote in chat now (laughs) like they let like the actual like audience decide things about the wrestling show and i thought that was like super cool and unique and like you couldn't do that with traditional tv you know what i mean that could only be done on something like twitch yeah totally because that would also make me again i'm biased because i am a long time twitch user but and like i don't have tv but um i feel like I'd be much more inclined to regularly watch a wrestling promotion on that platform and with that kind of integration because I would feel so much more involved. Particularly people who like don't have either the money or the time or aren't in a location to be able to go out and watch wrestling events live as well and get that feeling a different, like the traditional way. There is something I wanted to discuss that I noticed in Twitch chat, which is really, really interesting to see. And that is, you know, we've talked before about how whenever you tell someone you're a fan of wrestling, their first ever response is, you know it's fake, right? You know, it just is. That's everyone's first response. Like, you know wrestling's fake, right? 
And back in the day, back in like the 70s or the 60s and stuff like that, people used to legitimately believe wrestling was real. You know, that's where the term like kayfabe comes from, is like protecting it and making people believe it is legitimate and it is real. You know what I mean? And people enjoyed it because they thought it was sort of real. You know what I mean? But what I noticed in Twitch chat watching this is how much the wrestling fandom has changed. Like, nobody believes it's real anymore. Like, people, when they took yeah. it, the wrestler took a move and were in pain, people didn't say, look how much pain she's in. They said, look how great her selling is. You know? They're yeah. not praising the wrestlers for, like... You know, like, they're not, like, saying, oh, my God, she's in so much pain. They're like, damn, look how talented she is. Look how much she's, like, faking been in pain. That's, like, props to her for that. You know what I mean? Like, and it's so interesting how that's changed, how people are totally aware that it is fake, but they just love it anyway as a form of entertainment, just in the same way that, you know, people enjoy, like, CSI, even though it's done by actors in a studio with, you know, CGI and stuff like that. You know, it's not real crime scenes. You know, it's not real crime investigators, but you love it anyway, you know? And that's, like, how people view wrestling nowadays. They know that it's actors. They know that it's, you know, fake and premeditated. But who cares? It's fun to watch, you know? And I love that. I love that nobody thinks it's sort of real anymore, but it hasn't impacted how people enjoy it. They just enjoy it in a different way, you know? Yeah, totally. I think, you, no, I absolutely think you're right. And yeah, like now I also haven't, even just like when talking with Bill about it, I haven't necessarily heard that question come up as much. So I do think it is slowly changing over time. Like now most people, other than the super, super biased and semi-ignorant, like some of my family members and stuff, think that anyone really thinks it's real. It's just another form of entertainment. Yeah, it's it's like like um that video we watched said it's got much more in common with say like Game of Thrones than it does with UFC. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's exactly. just another TV show for you to enjoy. It's not actually a sporting event. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> the best way I ever heard it described, I think, is it's not a it's not a wrestling show. It's like a show about a wrestling show. You know, it's not trying yeah. to be a sporting event. It's trying to be a TV show about a sporting event. You know. That makes total sense, yeah. Because I've heard that before. People are saying like, oh, well, if it's not real, why is it like pretending to be real? And it's like, in that case, like if Game of Thrones isn't real, why does it, you know, try to be real? You know what I mean? Like, that's such a dumb question. Like, everything, like, you know, you can't have actors in a TV show saying like, oh, by the way, I'm an actor and none of this is real. You know what I mean? Like, it just totally break immersion. Like... Yeah, 100%. 100% agree. It, it is cool to see that slowly shifting over time. Like, at least I would think for someone like you who's been in the fandom much longer. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think a lot of it as well is, you know, that um, back when I was growing up was when wrestling was like sort of peak popularity. It was Attitude Era, you know, and I was watching as a kid. And back then, because we're all kids, and that was when it was its hottest, everyone thought it was, you know, 
largely anyway a lot of people thought it was real you know all the kids would think like it was real you know what i mean you didn't have kids going around like saying look at that selling you know like you know because you're a kid you know what i mean you buy into everything um and then as people mature and you know learn more about like the behind the scenes and stuff and you can also see it in the industry as well like Back in the day, they'd go out of their way to protect kayfabe. You know, the heels and faces weren't allowed to hang out with each other when they weren't working. Because they didn't want people taking pictures of them together. You know what I mean? They needed to protect it. Uh, like, a lot of the wrestlers who succeeded were legitimate badasses. So that if anyone ever, like, confronted them, they could be a legit badass and protect kayfabe. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. But that's not, like, the case anymore nowadays. Like, WWE will uh, happily do, like, backstage documentaries where they show, like, oh, uh, like, oh, well, you know, this is my character and, you know, stuff like that. And companies are very happy to show that it's fake these days. You know what I mean? Like, they don't try to protect kayfabe anymore. You know what I mean? Because they know that people have changed how they enjoy it. And that's cool. I like it. Yeah. I've, I feel like the... The whole kayfabe premise just is so contradictory to what wrestling is nowadays. It just seems like it doesn't really have much of a place. Yeah, I mean, you still have to have, like, because all kayfabe really is, is, you know, it's like the sort of story, it's like trying to get people to buy into storylines, and you still need to do that, you know, you can't have a show when you're not trying to get people to buy into storylines. It's just people don't protect, like, people nowadays are aware that they are storylines that the company's trying to get you to buy into. They don't think it's real life anymore. You know what I mean? Like, if that makes sense. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I think that's everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so, next up, we were going to do Shine, but I sort of can't be bothered. No offense, Shine. <laughs> so, um because I kind of just want to, like, at this point, we've we've already watched, like, a lot of women's wrestling, you know, so I kind of want to, like, get moving on. Because I feel like we've already watched basically as much as we did of the men's and we've still got, like, Japanese women's wrestling to go. Yeah. So I feel we're going to have to, you know. So there's only one more non-Japanese one I want to watch, which is Eve, which is a British promotion. Oh, okay, cool. Hashtag no bias. Um, <laughs> um, but also, I feel it'll be a good crossover because, like, they have a match that's generally regarded as just their best, so I don't have to, like, try research and find out what to watch and stuff, you know what I mean? And it's a match where it's one of their British wrestlers going up against, like, one of the legendary Japanese women's wrestlers. So it'll be, a, like, a good transition match, you know? Sounds good to me. Like, we'll have, you know, it's, like, Western women's wrestling, and then, like, you know... A Westerner versus, like, a Japanese wrestler. And then into Japanese wrestling, you know? It's a good bridge. So, yeah, next up we're watching Eve. Whenever that is. To find out when it is. It'll probably be uh, next week, like, same time. To keep up to date with the podcast and find out when our new episodes come out, follow the podcast on Twitter at M-A-M Wrestling. If you want to... Follow Laura personally on Twitter. It is LauraK483. If you want to keep in touch with me, uh, you can follow my Instagram, Hanzo Kurosawa, spelt phonetically. Um, and you can check us both out on Twitch as well. Same names. And if you have any questions, feedback, you'd like to guest on the podcast, anything at all, 
just send us a message on the Twitter or on the website. We have an email address where you can, you know, email us. Just get in touch in one way or another. Send us your questions. Send us your feedback. We'd love to hear from you. And keep it out. Uh, keep an eye out for the next episode. Thank you for listening. Yeah, thanks so much, and see you next time.